Okay, well, like the like the those fair lucky people of the fine state of Minnesota, we started off with a clap. How, how, how does it go? Is it skull, skull, skull? Do I'm not actually, a Viking fan. Do they actually say skull? I believe they do, and I believe they also have a song which is kind of like. As you are very familiar with, Go Cubs Go. So basically, they sing a lot. Yes. Well, I mean, you got Bear Down Chicago Bears. It's pretty similar. Yeah, how much did you sing that this season? Let's talk more about You'll Never Walk Alone. I was, oh my goodness, that game! You, do you I like how you like how I did that? I was at church. Yeah, I was very much not in church because I'm a heathen and I go to church on Saturday night. And I literally woke up half an hour before that game started, and I stood in my family room singing "You'll Never Walk Alone" half in tears after the game. <laughs> If you don't know what we're talking about, we're coming to you live on the 15th of January, just a day removed from Liverpool's stunning victory, 4-3 victory over Man City. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. So, that happened. Yeah, and I was just pretty much just watching on Twitter. Me having an out-of-body experience. He texted me like, I can see colors, or is it, are you taking taste colors? Most people can see colors. Most Jordan. people can see colors. Yeah, Most and, people, I could, but and I could taste, taste that's a... sound, was what I said to you. So how much was of a euphoric experience was that? It was euphoria, but it was also nerve-wracking at the end, because they allowed two goals in the final ten minutes, which is the most Liverpool thing to do this season. Here, Here's my next question. How many pairs of pants did you go through in that last 10 minutes? I actually did not have to change my pants, surprisingly. Because hmm. so. I was guessing there was about 45% chance that he had, you had to change pants. Yeah, no change of pants. Okay. No change of pants. So, yeah, but that happened. I'm super excited about that. It was actually a good sports day overall. You had Bournemouth beat Arsenal. Oh, yeah. You had Liverpool beat Man City. You had Jacksonville Jaguars, also owned by the owner of Fulham. Fun fact. I think I knew that. Because I know the owner of Fulham lives in Florida, which is why they have... Visit Florida.com as their shirt sponsor. Which is wonder why we, A, don't have Visit Florida.com as a sponsor, and B, I'm, I don't own a Fulham jersey. The only thing that would be worse is an Orlando City kit that says Visit Florida, but that's <laughs> never going to happen. Disney World will more than likely be next, but you never know. What are the chances you're going to have Mickey Mouse on the front of Orlando's jersey? 
Mickey Mouse, 0%. The Disney font, I'm shocked it hasn't already happened. We One of our shirt sponsors used to be Legoland. Was that when, Back, during the USL days? During 2013, during the USL days, yes. I have a 2014 USL jersey that I wish I had bought three of, but that is neither here nor there. So, yeah, and then you had the day finish with, like we were talking about, the Case Keenum skull clap in front of 70,000 people at Bank of America Stadium in Minnesota. I had a friend, friend of the show, Peter, who, Jordan, you've actually met Peter. Um, He was in Minneapolis. He actually left the the watch party he was at because he was so distraught over losing that he was driving through downtown and heard the cheers from Bank of America Stadium echo through downtown. That was an incredible story to hear. But again, the beauty of sports. But we're not here to talk about American football. We're not here to talk about We're here to talk about the other kind of football. We're here to talk about soccer in the u.s of a on the american soccer broadcast i'm alex Ryder coming to you live from the cookie cave is that what you named your office my house is named the cookie and i've decided recently that my office shall be called the cookie cave Hmm. patent pending so is that named after your gerbil no uh Coco, uh, her name's Coco. Your journal's name is Coco. Yes. Correct? Yes. Yeah. The Cookie Cave in the fine state of Florida, where it is currently in the 60s. What's it like up there, Jordan? It's it's pretty white. Pretty white. Why does it always have to be about race with you? I'm talking about the stuff that falls from the sky. Oh. Snow. Snow. You don't get that much, do you? Uh, It snowed in Tallahassee two weeks ago. Yeah, but you're in the southern part. In the swamp. Gosh darn right. No, the swamp is south of here. Close enough. Say hi to the people, Jordan. Hi. I'm coming to you from the frozen wasteland that is Indiana. Where it is currently eight degrees. What's the wind chill like? No idea. Chris, you had to deal with that in college. You grew up with that. I did grow up with it, and I ran away from it as soon as I could. Yeah, that and, well, employment. You know, no big deal. But, yeah, we're... Enough about the weather, enough about white stuff or sandy beaches. Let's talk about other sandy beaches, like the sandy... I mean, we could talk about the sandy beaches of L.A., or we could talk about America. the most breaking news in American soccer, is, and that is the recent love for dogs. Which would you rather do? I'm feeling doggy news. I feel like we doggy should Doggy news. Let's do doggy news. The late-breaking headlines of doggy news. First, we need to lead off with the... 
story of Christian Polisic that we hinted at last week and never got to. So what happened was um, Christian Polisic, who, if you are living under a rock, plays in the German Bundesliga, but was in holiday here in the States. Was he in D.C.? Yeah, he was he was in D.C. Um, visiting family. Yes. So he tweets that he is missing his dog, and he would much appreciate it if somebody drew his dog down from Pennsylvania so that he could see his dog. And some Philadelphia Union fan made that happen. He was not only a Philadelphia Union fan, he was also... A Dortmund fan, huge Dortmund fan. Uh, his name was Tristan, and he, after the American Outlaws tweeted out on Christmas Eve, "Let's make a Christmas miracle happen," he responded and drove him from Hershey all the way down to Washington D.C. and back, so that Christian Pulisic could see his dog for the holiday. And that that's just so wholesome and heartwarming. I believe your response when I sent you the actual link, because you sent me two days prior, or it was like a day prior, uh, you saw Christian's tweet and you responded to me and said, we should do this. I wish I was nearby. I'm like, yeah, we can't do that. And then I sent you the something later and you said, that's the most wholesome thing I've ever read. Yep. That is what I said. So Merry Christmas to Christian Pulisic. And his dog, who he got to see for the holidays. Other, and that that that's the true meaning of Christmas is getting yes. to see your dog. You know, but not only do you get to see your dog, you you also have to score two goals against Arsenal to get a dog, which is what happened to Eric. How do you pronounce his last name? Leha. Leha. Eric Leha, who is, he's a defender, right? For... He's, he's a fullback for Nottingham Forest, who currently play in the championship, but were playing Arsenal in, what round was it in the FA Cup? Third round of the FA Third Cup. Third round of the FA Cup. He scores two goals in the first half. Did you see his second goal? Yes, yes I did, and it was just, out of nowhere, just and this is a defender scoring and, and, a break. And that was a volley too, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. He scores a volley. Uh, so he tweets. At, no, it was an interview, post game interview. He says to, I don't know who was whoever was interviewing him, say, saying that his wife told him that if he got a hat trick at some point this season. He could get a dog. Which is why he wanted to take that penalty in the second half. But I guess the striker for Nottingham Forest kind of kindly told him to go away. But actually, he did end up getting his dog. His, his wife caved in. His wife caved in and got him a dog. To all the Twitter pressure. There was a ton of Twitter pressure. Get Eric his dog. I think it was a hashtag at one point. And she did get him a dog. And what 
did they name the dog, Jordan? Gunner. It's the best name ever. That's so cool. <laughs> if you're fantastic. not familiar with this, if you're not familiar with this, the nickname for Arsenal is the Gunners. 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 I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's just how you always hear it pronounced. It that's how you always hear it pronounced by people who live in North London. Or who people here that live in the States who are trying to sound like they are from North London. So, yeah, that was just a little bit of dog news for the for a current and a former, well, technically current because Eric was in the Gold Cup this year past year mm-hmm. he scored again there too didn't he i want to say he did but he i'm did. not 100 percent positive i believe he did because he missed a tackle and almost gave up a goal but then he goes down and either assist in a goal or actually scored it yeah it was against el salvador yep you are absolutely right great memory uh speaking Speaking of the wholesome football news, uh, just recently, I, I believe it was this past weekend, uh, women in Saudi Arabia are now allowed to attend football matches for the first time ever, which I did not realize they were not allowed to attend football matches. So, the world's most popular sport just became more popular. So there's some more wholesome football news for you. Wholesome and wonderful because not only will it will it allow more people to partake in the beautiful game, but it will allow women to be inspired to play it. And I mark my words, you'll see more women in Saudi Arabia grow an interest of soccer and want to play themselves. Here, here's my next question. How long until Saudi Arabia puts together a national women's team? I I was actually wondering if they already have one. I do I do not know if they do. Considering that women were allowed weren't allowed to attend football matches, you I would assume that women didn't play either. Yeah, it does not yet exist, at least according to Wikipedia. But we'll see what happens. Wikipedia, the greatest source ever of finding out if there's a women's soccer team in Saudi Arabia. FYI, don't use Wikipedia in college if you're using finding, finding resources. You're tweeting during the podcast. Yes, I am. Man, you think we're going live or something? Got him, got him buzzing on my phone over here bragging about me? I mean, did you see that... Not to, not that it's a bad thing, though. I, I, I do believe we had one special listener a couple weeks ago. I think you had an out-of-body experience when I sent you that link. You're completely blanking. Remind me. Alexi Lawless. Oh, yes. Uh, we, might, we might have Alexi Lawless listening to our podcast. Hi, Alexi, hi, if you're listening. Hi, hi Alexi. Big fan. You were super cool when I met you in Orlando earlier. So, okay. Um, what's next? 
Uh, let's talk, talk January camp. January camp. Holy cow. Otherwise known as the future of the U.S. US Women's National Team. Where we bring in, otherwise known as Camp Cupcake, where we bring in all kinds of young people to play the beautiful game. Do you remember what I told you? How many total caps are represented in this January like camp? Under fifty. No, it was under. It was. Uh, I believe it was like one hundred twenty-six, which a were inflated of them by are Jos- or Josie Zarde. Which were inflated by Zardes, uh, and some others. He has to have. I saw somebody saying that he has to have, have like something that he's brought to get somebody to bribe with because there's no for getting called up again. I'm like, no, he's a good midfielder. He's just not a very good striker. He doesn't yeah, they, have they the def- presence They definitely the need to play him more in midfielder. And he is actually listed as a midfielder in this roster, which was released. Which is very good and reassuring. Yep, you want to talk us through the defenders? Uh, the defenders we have are Danny Acosta, uh, zero caps for the uh, national team from Salt Lake. Uh, another f- player from Salt Lake, uh, Justin Glad, also zero caps. Nick Lima from San Jose, zero caps. Uh, Justin Morrow uh, from Toronto FC, uh, he actually has three caps. I could say something, but I'm not going to. What what, what were you gonna say? No, I was just I was just gonna mention that he was the one that missed the penalty at the MLS oh. Cup last year. <laughs> oh my gosh! But moving on, uh, from Sporting Kansas City, Ik Opara, who is just massive in MLS. Uh, zero caps. Tim, uh, Tim Parker from Vancouver. Zero caps. Matt Polster from Chicago Fire. Zero caps. Brandon Vincent from also from Chicago Fire. One cap. And Walker Zimmerman. One cap. Who will be playing at LAFC next season. Which, it's good to see LAFC get a call up. It, it definitely helps them with their with their getting off the ground for them do you want to talk us through the midfielders talking through the midfield of the current call up for camp cupcake we have tyler adams from New York Red Bulls, zero surprise that he's included in this group. Given the, his performance against Portugal. And I would say that you you even said that he was going to be in this list. I, I did say that. Me correctly. Yeah, so he's in there. We've got Paul Areola, which accounts for 15 of the caps. We've got Russell Kunin. From DC United, this will be his first call-up. Mark Delgado from Toronto with zero call-ups. Marlon Hairston, Colorado Rapids, zero call-ups. 
Ian Harks, DC United, zero call-ups. Brooks Lennon, big name to look at coming out of the RSL system, zero caps. Your boy Christian Roldan with... Does he really only have one cap? I thought he got capped a lot more during the Gold Cup this year. I don't believe he did. He, I believe he just had one ca- one cap. And I can say that I've been at the only game he got capped in, which was against Martinique in July. We should have beaten them four to one. It was actually three to two. I got a little nervous. Uh, we've got Kellyanne Rowe from New England Revolution with three caps. We got Will Trapp from Columbus. And as we mentioned, <laughs> the veteran, Josie Zardes. I, so that, that rounds out the midfield. I don't, I don't know why, but I'm a little nervous that he could be one of the leaders on this roster. You're nervous that he could be like a bad seed or something? I, I just don't know that he has the experience of being a leader at Galaxy. I don't, I don't know if we've seen that. That's true, and it also doesn't help that he's had a lot of other people that have been readers. You had Robbie Keane, you had even Steven Gerrard was their captain for a little bit. You had a lot of different senior players in. He even was there at the end of Landon Donovan's reign. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I, I don't know how much experience he has of as being a leader. And you know he's in the running for wearing the armband in a couple, yes. uh, two weeks from now. In in my in my opinion, well, let, let's talk about the rest of this roster. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about the rest of this roster. The forwards, uh, Juan Agudelo. From New England, he counts for 27 of the caps and three goals. Uh, your boy, Dom Dwyer. Who actually um, withdrew almost immediately. Oh, is he not on the roster anymore? Uh, he went. He left camp. He, he never actually made it to camp. He actually withdrew due to a, a calf injury he suffered in training the first Orlando city training session of the year, like a pre-training thing they were doing. So Mm -hmm. he, there was a joke. He actually posted like the day before it was announced him playing with his son. And there was a joke going around that he did it while playing with his son. But I obviously don't subscribe to that. So he will not be joining camp, which is too bad because he's only got four caps and he, if he was going to be included, especially in the Gold Cup or the League of Nations in the fall, he he needed to make a big impression, and he didn't. So, anyways, um, your boy. Uh, moving on with the forwards, uh, my guy from Seattle, Jordan Morris. I I think he's going to be a he's going to have a strong camp, and I think he's also going to be at least in the running for being the captain. Hmm. Uh, moving on, uh, Christian Ramirez from Minnesota. Uh, this is first call-up. Rubio Rubin, who I believe is a free agent 
as of right now, isn't he? Yeah. Um, is there is he gonna get acquired by somebody in MLS or do you think he'll go abroad? I'm guessing MLS. That that's just a guess. Where I was not, he last? I have not heard any transfer rumors attached to him. Um, he's actually he's actually never played in MLS. Now that I'm looking at it, he's from Oregon, but he's always played overseas. Hmm, I did not know that. In the Danish Super League. So, if anything, you might have a few MLS scouts there, seeing if they can maybe bring him over. I I know I would want to have him come over because Orlando is very very much in need of a deep striker to finish out the forwards you got Rubio Ruben who is currently unattached but most recently played for Strabek in the Danish Super League which funny enough I kid you not oh no that was a different club I got a Danish uh, team from the Danish second division in my random jersey pack recently. I'm actually wearing the other one from Brentford or Brentford Football Club, who is currently in the championship. So, and finally, last but certainly not least, you've got CJ Sapong, who has three caps. So, a bit more seniority in the forwards and. I'm sure that you will see Jordan Morris in the running for captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, goalkeepers. Uh, goalkeepers, Alex Bono from Toronto. Uh, this is his first call up. Uh, Bill Hamid, who just went to play in Denmark. Yep. Uh, four caps, Cody Cop. Cropper from New England, and Zach Steffen, who I told you was going to get a call up here pretty soon. I think he's going to get, I think he's going to, they're going to forego Bill Hamid as the starter. I think Zach Steffen is going to get the start in LA. Mark my words now. So, how do they line up here, Jordan? Uh, here is my pick for the starting eleven. Here we go. Uh, I am actually picking Hamid to start in goal. Okay. Uh, you you can probably sub in Stefan at halftime. Oh, that's true. You're gonna have a lot of. You're you're um, gonna have a lot of subs in this match. It'll probably be Bosnia. one of those six sub matches because it's a friendly, right? Right. It is a friendly. So it you're even you're fall in the FIFA calendar. But we'll get to that with the NASL in a little bit. Uh, so yeah, you're gonna see a lot of subs, which I'm I'm expecting Stefan to come, probably at halftime or later. Uh, at the back, I'm picking Moro, Opara, Zimmerman, and Acosta to be the that's to be the back, back line. That's a, a, I, yeah. Uh, in the midfield. I'm actually picking Tyler Adams, uh, Paul Ariola, uh, Christian Roldan, and Giazzi. So is that going to be a 
flat four, or do you think we'll see either a diamond or a three-one midfield? I think we might see a diamond with Roldan at the back. Because that is his most natural position at Seattle. Yeah, he went to the Brad Evans school of the defensive midfield. I'm not, I'm not sure if that was more the school of Brad Evans or, or Ozzy. That's true. They, You guys have had quite the collection of deep midfielders over the years. And at the front, I am, pe- I am picking Morris and Agudelo. I like that pairing. I think I think that can be a very good pair up front. Well, for me, I actually think we're going to see... I'm going to be a little controversial. I think we're going to see Stefan start. Because we've already know, we already know Bill Hamid's going to be the guy. I think they're going to look for a number two. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to see Hamid with either Bono or Cropper coming in at halftime. Um, I agree with your evaluation of Acosta, but we've also... Justin Morrow is definitely going to get a look. <sighs> Justin Morrow and Walker Zimmerman are going to get Because a Morrow... I don't know if it was last season or the year before. He was the most, he was the highest scoring defender, American defender in MLS. Which will definitely, and it's ironic because he plays for one of the three teams in Canada. So, so uh, I, I'm, I'm definitely thinking Moro will get a look. Yeah, but yeah, and then. Tim Parker will probably round out the defenders. I I I have no qualms with your midfield cuz that's pretty much exactly how it's going to look. Get Paul Ariola in there cuz he's definitely going to be a firm part of this th- this next cycle. Um and then yeah, Morris I actually think we might see CJ Sapong start next to Morris and then switch that around, but we'll see. So, but yeah, either either way, you're you're gonna you're gonna see a lot of subs in this match. Yeah, and not what they're looking for, what what U.S. Soccer and Sarakin are looking for is players that can supplement our collection of players in Europe. Yes. And if we can find those players, find those and this like I said last last podcast, this is no, I actually didn't. This was a conversation you and I were having. This is going to be a make or break performance for Josie Zardes. Yes. It's a make and break performance for Jordan Morris. I don't think Jordan Morris is on thin ice because of his performances, but he definitely needs to have, they both need to have strong showings. Yes, they definitely need to have a strong camp and a strong, and a strong game. I, I, I don't think they necessarily need to score, but they can't make mistakes, especially against, who are we even playing? I can't. Bosnian and Hershegova. I, I, I. I keep wanting to just say Bosnia, but I always forget about the Hershegova part. So, 
Who it's, is... it's like it's it's like Trinidad and Tobago. Yeah. So, what do you? What about you? What do you think? Who? What are the big highlights that need to happen in this camp and in this this game at in L.A. What I what I really want to see is like like you said I I think we really need to see strong showings from Zardes and Morris and I absolutely agree I I believe that Hamid is the next number one keeper to for for me Bill Hamid is the heir apparent to Howard Yeah, but as and, uh, but as far as the number two, that's completely up in the air. I think I mean, you, right now you're going to see the number. It's going to be between this year and next during the during the matches before and after the World Cup. You'll see mostly this collection of players. But when we get to the fall and the first leg of first two legs of the League of Nations we're going to see um, the return of Brad Guzan I don't think it's going to be a very popular return but I think we will see Brad Guzan re-enter camp that'll all depend on his performance in Atlanta in 2018 so which who knows if he'll keep his job with um, what's his name from Mitch? I I, I kind of want to see Mitch overtake him. Is that bad? No, I I I honestly think uh, Guzan's time has come and gone. Hashtag pray for Guzan. He can join Brad Friedel in the booth. Yeah, I I honestly think that's a beautiful powerballed couple right there. And he's tweeting that. Actually, I'm not. So, any other comments for camp before we get into more domestic type news? Do you want to say a prediction for match result? Okay, I will. Um, I mean, given that we basically know next to nothing about the Bosnia and Herzegovina team. Yeah, I, I, I know they're not ranked high. That much I do know. And I do know they are basically coming over to get any kind of experience whatsoever. I'm going to say only because it's a European team that it's going to be 3-2. to two. And here's why. We have a very young collection of midfielders and center backs and wingers that don't have not played together at all or once or twice. And I think that yes, we're going to get score some goals, but there's also going to be some mistakes. And I think most of those mistakes are going to come with your center back pairings and with your work between the wing outs and the midfield. So, we'll see. Yeah, that that's another thing I really want to see this camp is what kind of uh, center back pairings can they do? 
what kind of back let's be honest what kind of backup center back pairing yes because this there i mean uh, let's be honest opara and zimmerman are not gonna start for the league of nations I think that Zimmerman can. I think if Zimmerman has a strong camp, he's going to end up next to Cameron Carter-Vickers, who just got recalled from New not, not John Brooks. If John Brooks can stay healthy. John that, Brooks... That is, that is a fair... The, that is we, a fair statement. I, 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 I'm going to say something... Probably the most controversial thing that I've said. If John Brooks stays healthy, we're playing in the World Cup. Because he he is one of our best defenders that we've ever had. Not just on defense. He was also a very explosive offensive threat because of his height and because of the way he was able to jump and create threats in the box during corner kicks and set pieces. Which we also in saw in Brazil. I, I still need to buy that scarf. Someone has created a scarf of that call, and I need I need it in my life. So, yeah, that's my controversial hot take of the week. Take that with the salt that you will. But, yeah, I'm predicting a 3-2 win by the U.S. Yeah, I, 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 I could see this going either way because... Really, we know next to nothing about the team that Bosnia and Herzegovina are bringing. And also, this is a very, very young team that we're putting out. Very young. Very young. And They wanted the kids, they're getting them. It's going to be a very young, but it's also going to be a very energetic, I'm hoping energetic fast very very energetic and fast team but i'm also worried that there will be some mistakes and honestly i don't care what the result is as long as there's little to no mistakes out on that field yeah i agree with that so you can look for that match i believe it is Next Sunday. Sunday the 28th, I believe. It's on a Sunday? Really? It is a Sunday. Well, would you look at that? It's on a Sunday. I know what I'm doing that day. Oh, and you <laughs> want to know why it's such so exciting? It takes place between the AFC and NFC Championship Games and the Super Bowl. Look at that. I thought it was on a Wednesday for some reason. Nope, it's Sunday. Shall we move to domestic news? We will move to domestic news. Uh, where do you want to start? We got quite a bit to talk about. Uh, let's start with USL. Some happy and sad news in USL. We'll start with your very exciting news. Yes. Uh, starting next year, the Indy 11 will be playing in USL. And I, for one... I'm very much looking forward to that matchup between Indy and Cincinnati. That is going to be a very exciting derby. That one I'm very much excited to watch. And you'll probably get two of them because you'll probably get a home and away series. Yes, because that is they're true. In the same conference. So 
that is going to be great for I think that's going to be great for Indy. I cannot wait to see the attendance numbers year over year. Yes. They're going to sell that stadium. Not only are you in a better league, you're also in a. Is USL longer than NASL? I believe so. Yes. Yes, and also you don't have a stupid fall season, spring season. Yeah, that'll be. I'm very excited to see not only their games against local teams, but to just see them spread their name. Because a lot of people keep hearing the name Indy 11, but they're not participating in competitive in a competitive league where they're getting a lot of different players and a lot of different looks. Yes. Now you've got that, and it's gonna help them put themselves in a position to maybe build a new stadium and to maybe get a bid for the next the last two MLS slots. Yeah, the, this inclusion of the MLS can only help with that MLS bid. I will they actually get it? I can't say. They might one day have to win it. Who knows? They might eventually have to get promoted. But that's... Or relegated. Yeah. You never know. We'll see what happens. Um, other... Uh, other MLS or USL news. Memphis. Memphis 2019. Which, in I was a little surprised it's going to be in USL in Division Two, I thought that Memphis was going to be a Division Three club. No, yeah, I, be I, Division I, Two. I thought that as well. I, I was a little surprised that they're in the First Division USL. Yeah, and that's going to be very exciting. I, 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 there was very strong support at that announcement, which shows that they're definitely, and they're taking the right approach of not rushing into the league. They are taking their time joining the league and getting established. They're building a organization. They're, 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 not, they're not just going to rush into this league and play this summer. And, and speaking of derbies, that Memphis-Nashville uh, derby. Memphis-Nashville in 2019. I'm... That's gonna that's gonna make me very sad when Nashville joins MLS because we won't get that anymore. It'll probably right. be like a once a year, basically a prayer that that's what is drawn for the U.S. Open Cup. So yeah, Memphis. I I, I do disagree. You had a tweet and comment where you said that Memphis and I think you actually tweeted this out on the ASB account where you said that Memphis could be a f could be a farm team or like a second team Th that for... was more of a joke than anything else oh really okay that makes much more sense I, I, now I was there's no not even like 15 percent serious who was it so I was, I was our... not even half serious about that tweet one of our listeners said no it's going to be a ve very much be a derby and Yes. I, I thought you were being serious, so no. Thanks for clearing that no, up. I'm, but, I'm, I'm very excited to see that matchup next season. 
good traveling support. But here's my question. Was it established that this Nashville club was moving from USL to MLS? No, that is still... I, I. It's the same ownership, correct? The Nashville... The ownership group that currently owns Nashville SC is part of the Nashville to MLS bid, but it is still not clear in any marketing material whether Nashville SC will be the club that joins MLS. Nor is it or, clear or when just, that will take place. It's just going to be a crop, cropped up uh, franchise like Atlanta. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how that's going to work. So... We'll see what happens. We'll see how that goes. I foresee they will end up bringing Nashville. It will be Nashville SC, but we shall see once that takes place. Um, Speaking of Atlanta United, actually, um, they officially unveiled their logo for their and branding for their team. They will be known as Atlanta United 2, and they will start play this year. And they, that's all I really want to say about that because I'm a little salty because they are getting a USL club. And unfortunately, when the East and West lining um, alignment was announced earlier late last week, it was in the footnotes and the stuff that we already knew down here that. Orlando City B will not be joining the USL in 2018. And that's indicative of the coming realignment of the air quote MLS 2 clubs. I'm a little surprised that Atlanta is actually adding their club this year because that club is immediately going to get relegated. These clubs don't have as good attendance. Nope. They don't have. And it's it's across the board. Every single MLS two club is at the bottom of the table as far as attendance. And, and I, why... I think we've said this repeatedly on this podcast that these MLS two clubs are basically like junior varsity. It's it's they are dev- they are serving the development. That and used that's to all be it fu- is. It's is is development. That's all it is. That used to be fulfilled by the MLS um, Reserve League, which it was folded into USL. Such as L. I mean, Josie Zardes came out of LA Galaxy Two. That's and that's how they got that talent. We there have been clear outputs of these programs. But it's also hurting the business model because you've got teams that are performing well, but are also taking the opportunities from clubs that aren't just looking at this as a loss leader. I would be willing to bet that every MLS2 club in USL operates at a loss because they don't bring in the fans. They don't bring in the merchandising. You can't buy 
an Orlando City B jersey. You cannot buy one. I've been trying to buy one for two years. You can't buy them. Nope. So what what needs to happen is with all these MLS two clubs, uh, Atlanta United two, uh, Sounders two, Tin Caps two, Whitecaps two, they need to move to the suburbs of whatever city they're in, change their branding, and essentially become a club of their own. Or, essentially scrap these MLS2 clubs and put your emphasis on your academies. Which is what... I don't think Orlando is going to not have a USL team in the future. I believe that they are they they made several announcements last week. We made two announcements regarding our academy and our reserve teams. We made we made that announcement about Orlando City B and we also made an announcement that we were moving our our academy teams, our U12 and up teams from a program that was a normal competitive program to a local residential school. It's a like a local academy whose name is currently escaping me that will host a full residency program for the students to learn, but to also play for their traveling team at the same time, allowing them to both succeed off and on the field and to kick this off before Orlando can build out their own residency program. But what needs to happen before that is you need to revolutionize the pay-to-play system. They're, they're being offered free tuition to these schools, which is a great start to that. It definitely addresses the pay-to-play, and it allows for, I believe there is a small management fee but I, it's, it's offering more opportunities to stay in the academy, to graduate from the academy and either become an asset for the club or go out and grow the game somewhere else. So that's just one example. But like I said, the, the USL-based MLS development clubs... I, even though I believe they will be helpful to the MLS sides in the long run, I do think they need to be taken down to, and they, I, this has been heavily discussed and was discussed this weekend at the United so- States Soccer Federation meetings in Orlando that they needed to take, that they needed to move those clubs to the third division. So we'll see. I'm quite sure as we see more announcements about USL D3 in the coming months that we will see the trend of most, if not all, MLS 2 clubs moving to the Division 3, both for, for a cost because you, you, won't, you don't have to pay your players as much. You don't have to have as... as um, big of stadiums 
and you can more freely move and have more de- more developmentally friendly competition. You can bring more of your academy players in instead of having five or six academy players and then just a bunch of journeymen. That's what Orlando City B was. We were a bunch it was a bunch of journeymen soccer players and it was a, it was three types of players. Those kinds of player the journeymen soccer players on one year contracts that were trying to get into a um MLS side. There was the Orlando City first team players that were trying to get minutes to come back from injury or to get back into the first team or they were Orlando City Academy products that were getting playing time in in a professional club at a professional level in order to break into the first team and that's a pattern I, I, I hope that instead of having journeymen in there I hope it's only those two when these clubs move to division three mm-hmm. and hopefully that is what happens and this will allow and this will if they keep them local it'll allow them to develop and not have to rely as much on the internal revenue of fans but if they take the such as Seattle's doing and moving to where are they moving to Tacoma Tacoma and being managed by the local baseball team there so that Seattle ben- still benefits from getting these players, but they don't have the management overhead, which is a big deal. So so basically what we need to do is essentially adopt the system that the German Bundesliga does. Exactly. Major- majority of clubs in the German Bundesliga do have B teams. But they are not allowed beyond the division. But first they are division. not allowed to advance further than uh, Bundesliga 3. They can be relegated, but they cannot be promoted. Right. And I believe that that's a model that eventually gets adopted. And, and cr- correct, me on, correct me on this if need be. Do... Bundesliga B teams participate in the German Domestic Cup. I do not believe they do. Okay. I I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't believe that was the case. I, I do have exceptions to that. I do believe that if a club is independent, if they are owned by the same team, that's one thing. But if they are managed by separate individuals, that should be different. I think that if the such as Seattle's case, I think that if they move to Tacoma and are managed by the Tacoma group, that they should be allowed to participate in the Open Cup. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that Atlanta should be, even though it's in a suburb of Atlanta, because it's still managed by Atlanta. They're still managed by, they're still under the umbrella of Atlanta United. Same with... Same with uh, all the other MLSB teams. Uh, New York Red Bulls 2, Whitecaps 2, Timbers 2. Toronto 2. Toronto 2. Is is that the case with 
RSL's? RSL... Are Israel Monarchs still managed by RSL? Yes, and that's okay. the, it's also that way with um, Swoop Park. Right. Which is very odd because it's never, not even named the same. I mean, RSL, Real Monarchs, yes, they're owned by RSL, but they have their own stadium. They built their own stadium. And it's a beautiful facility, and that's why they had such a successful season, and that's why you're seeing so many of their players come up into into RSL. They're play RSL is playing their kids. So we, I'm very much looking. That's going to be a big story in 2018. Is how the readdition of Division Three in 2019 affects the development process. And yeah, also will we, I, will we see MLSB teams move down to uh, USL three, or will we just see them uh, start to be managed by other entities other than their parent club, or will we just see B teams be scrapped altogether and more emphasis be put on academies? I don't know, but we shall see. I also think there's going to be a very big resurgence of the fourth division in the next couple, two years. And I, I think another big trend will be second division clubs having amateur fourth division B teams, such as Tampa Bay Rowdies has a team that plays in the PDL down here. And Orlando... Yes. In 2014 and 2015, Orlando actually competed in the NPSL down here. I believe... Doesn't uh, Louisville City have a B team? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Do they... Remind me, do they play in the PDL or the NPSL? I'm not sure, to be completely honest. I believe it's the PDL. Which would make sense, because I, I... actually think that most associ- most clubs associated with USL clubs play in the PDL because it's the the full name of PDL is actually USL PDL. So we shall see how that all goes. Um, it's definitely all those moves have definitely been helped along by our next subject and that is the doom that is the NASL. As you said, Indy 11. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Playing taps for the NASL. Wow. Some of the the open soccer people are not going to like that. Because let's talk about what's happening with NASL. They they have lost how many teams this off season? I have to pull that up while while I pull that up. You you talk about because they have first they lost the day after was it the day after they won the championship? Yeah, San Francisco, San Francisco Deltas folded after they won the championship. Uh, then it was it was they literally lost um, San Francisco. Then they lost, um, almost immediately, they lost North Carolina, 
And to then USL. They, to USL, they lost Edmonton to hiatus because they're evaluating what's what their next move is. And then they lost um, Indy. Indy to the USL. So essentially, what you have is a scrimmage league for the New York Cosmos. <laughs> yeah, that that is essentially what you have here now. Because you've what you got have... rumors that both Jacksonville and Miami, Jacksonville and Miami, have had conversations with USL. Miami is a very strong rumor because they they more than likely have until Friday to decide if they want into the USL. Because they they need... Have they released the USL schedule yet? The USL schedule comes out at the end of this week. I bet you anything there are two versions of it that currently exist. There's one that exists with Miami in it and one that exists without it. I doubt Miami's going to make it in this close to the season. I... I, Ricardo De Silva definitely has the owner of Miami FC definitely has a great ownership group there and a great front office, but he's, it would be very hurtful for them to do that much in a short amount of time. So I think they will sit out the 2018 calendar year and join in 2019. So, what you have left now in the NASL is New York Cosmos, Jacksonville, and Miami for now. And Jacksonville's talking about playing in the MPSL around here. Right. California United and San Diego are rumored to not even being started. And you've got... And you've got Puerto Rico, who has not paid their players... Since the end of the season, of course, that might have to do something with the recovery from the hurricane. But that's still not a good look. It, it's still not a good look for the, the club and the league. There's rumors that NASL is grasping at straws to either bring up a couple of NPSL clubs or to merge with the NA, the forthcoming NAIA. But those are both dependent on U.S. soccer um, signing off on their division status. And there still is no report of what's going on. So, And as, which I can only see as a last-ditch attempt to save the league, NASL has announced that they are switching to a uh, fall-to-spring season which will coincide more with the European leagues. It, what, it, it's so absurd that most of the players found out about it via the release. Most of the players that are still attached to existing NASL clubs found out via the release, and they were not happy. So between that between them grasping and saying basically a delay tactic to put together, like you said, this last-ditch effort, and also trying to bring up a couple of clubs 
that might not be ready, they're grasping at straws. It's a preventative effort to keep a dying leaf from going under. Yes. And at this point, the best thing, not necessarily for NASL or for the alternative or open soccer movements, because everybody's afraid of the establishment and this MLS, USL conspiracy, if you will. But the best thing for development, spreading of the game, popularity of the game, and overall competition domestically would be for NASL to declare to declare defeat or to become a third or fourth division league and to go from there. Probably and, and the best know, thing if... to happen would be for them to be a fourth division league and to grow the fourth division into a professional league and then have USL. Well, well isn't uh, here, here's my question. Where do the PDL and the NPSL sit in this pyramid? They currently sit in fourth, but currently in the U.S. pyramid system, and based on definition, fourth division clubs are not considered professional. They are not protected no. by FIFA because, professional Because NPSL rules. is mainly college kids trying to get some minutes during the summer. Exactly. And a lot of these kids go on to either be drafted or to be signed by as homegrown players because these these kids are either coming from colleges that and don't have ways to play for other teams. So it, it, it's all about creating more competition. And you have seen that firsthand with Lansing yes. United. And Lansing United, mark my words, is going to be a third division club in 2019. And they are going to the, take they, the world They will by be playing sport. in, for now, the PDL, which they have been, I'm, I've heard talking at length with USL about playing in the USL D3. And you've been featured on that, if my memory serves me correctly. Yes, I have. You tweeted that. I did. I did. Look at that handsome devil in the bl Lansing blue. Which USL D3 liked that tweet, if you didn't notice? I, USL D3 has had quite a bit of love for you and I. I mean, USL D3 liked my suggestion where I flat out tweeted at the Fort Myers Miracles that they needed to help build a D3 team in Fort Myers. I'm telling you right now, this is my pitch. I'm going to pitch this and then we're going to do our final thoughts because we're running a bit long here. Fort Myers, Florida has the same, is about the same size as Charleston. Home of the Charleston Battery. What Fort Myers does not, or has that Charleston does not, is one of the largest growing universities in the nation. One of the most growing young adult and young family populations in the country. 
and one of the big, most diverse populations in the country with the melting pot of the local economy. So to all my investors out there, I pitch to you City of or Palm City SC for the City of Palms to play in 2020 at City of Palms Stadium in Fort Myers, Florida. You can reach out to me via Twitter to talk to me more about that. I will take any and all investors. And, and if I may, may make a pitch as well, this goes out to USO D3, PDL, but most specifically to Detroit City FC and their fans. <laughs> You do not have to go to MLS to improve the quality of your club. What you are sitting in currently is a league that serves only to play college kids who are trying to get minutes during the summer who have no other way to play during the summer. While I rant and rave about Northern Guard supporters, they are completely devoted to their club. Because they are ultras. And they are some bad boy ultras, true. They are true ultras and they would never make it into MLS because of it. So Because, because of their reputation, their attitude... But you do not have to go to MLS to improve the quality of your club. I want to see them in USL D3, and I want to see They, it they could easily play in USL. Easily. They have the following. They have the support. They have the reputation, and they have the quality of management of the club. So that is my pitch to not only D- DCFC, but to... Grand Rapids as well, because that is a very another very well managed team. You, in the, and this is how we suddenly create a bunch of lower division rivalries to rival some of the stuff that happens in the championship in League One. Yes. Oh, what a future! What a future that could be, and will be, in my opinion, because this is the sport of the sport of the twenty first century in America. I did see that um, soccer has passed hockey as the fourth most popular sport in America. Huh. Well, that's, if anything, I think that's the stat to end on right there. Is, is that our, is that our mo- moment of zen? That's the moment of zen right there. Brought to you by Palm City SC. Which is a club that does not exist. But only yet. in the dreams of Alex's head. Yet. Does not exist yet. And only exist in the in Alex's dreams. Other 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 dreams of Alex can be found on Twitter, where I basically shout about sports and occasionally technology. I am also on Instagram at ghost underscore writer where 
which is also my Twitter handle. Um, on a scale, on a scale from bitter to Arsenal fan TV, how ma- are, how much have you tweeted about the Chicago Bears? We're not going to talk about the Bears again until after the Super Bowl. The the the, the Bears got a new coach. That's all I'm going to say to that. We're talking about MLS preseason and the Premier League right now. That's all I'm talking about. What are you talking about on Twitter, Jordan? I talk about mainly Seattle, Manchester. Who owes one more Premier League titles? Don't answer that. Because we all know because we all know the answer. Anyway. Uh but yes, you can find me on Twitter as J J R A Y Hawkins. And you can find us, American Soccer Broadcast, on Twitter as ASB Podcast, where we tweet mainly about uh what do we tweet about mainly, Alex? Well, we basically banter back and forth about American soccer players abroad and home and any news that would be relevant to the passionate soccer fan in um, in the United States of America and the republic for which it stands. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for joining us this week. We hope you have a wonderful January and that your MLS team ends up buying all the players that they needed to. Party on, dudes. And be excellent to each other. <laughs>